Friday's edition of Darren, Donick, and Chase, take two, action. We're live. We're back. Darren McFarland, Willie Donick, Chase McCabe. A little bit of a rough start. We had, what, two false starts yep. and a hold right out of the gate. So we are and looking a delay at, of game. We're looking at first and third, or first and what would that be? Let's see, two false starts. That's 10 yards. And a hold. That's 20. Yeah, so first and 30. Yeah. There you go. Right? That's we just got to get 10, 12 yards back on first down. You don't get it all back. In, no, right. You just you don't we'll have to get, get it all back on one. We'll get Coach Dilfer out here. He'll, you know, run yeah. the, the hurry-up offense, and we'll be good to go. We are at Lipscomb Academy, and as I mentioned, they will be hosting BGA, Battleground Academy, tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, we're excited to be here. As you just heard, Trent Dilfer will indeed sit down with us uh, at 11.30 at our table here, and we'll talk shop, talk a little bit about Lipscomb Academy, talk a little football. We'll get into all that good stuff with Trent Delfer in just a bit. We will check in with Hal Gill. Tough night for the Predators as they were up 4-1 in the third period, and then all the craziness began as uh, Calgary would put up four goals. Looked like Austin Watson was going to give them the game winner with just over a minute to go, and then uh, that uh, Matthew Kachuk guy, who was pretty good at the very end of the game. Such a nasty (laughs) Well, that depends on which one. So he ties it up. The overtime winner. Yeah, right? and then the overtime was like, whoa. Like, what do you say? What do you say to that? Tip your hat. Yeah, that was that's just disgusting. But as Hal mentioned last night, we're going to bring Hal in here in just a moment. Um, you know, 10 years ago, it would have been a much, much bigger deal, right? Because nobody was doing that. When you look around the league, look, it's still awesome to see. Like, you, you still marvel at shots like that. But it's pretty frequent. In today's game, I mean, we've already seen a bunch of them already, and everybody's in games 11, 12, and 13, and we've already seen a bunch of those shots go for goals already. In fact, Calgary just had the lacrosse goal on them. Right. Right, by Carolina on Tuesday night. But that still, to me, is the goal of the year so far in this season. Despite all that, yeah, I know guys go through their legs all the time. They usually don't score. There have been a couple guys that have scored, but not – at the buzzer in overtime. That on the fly. That pushes full speed, it up. Yeah, that pushes where it up he didn't, a notch. he didn't he didn't like take it through his legs. The puck was sitting there. He's skating to the side. He reaches back through his legs and flips it up high to beat the buzzer. Yeah. Lights out. I mean, sorry. I gotta say that's just a salute. Great job. He's a he's a guy that's an easy guy that you love to hate when he's on the other team. He's a great player. And that was just his night. It's a, it was an unbelievable game. It really was. It's a bummer. But Unlike uh, Tuesday night, Calgary had fight. They had pushback. Yeah, Chicago hey, Chicago did not. Hey, they're good. Cal- Calgary, they, they've struggled so far, but they got a lot of – too many good players for that not to happen at some point. You hate that it happened on this night. And it was a classic case of they, they were – ready to break out, and the Predators didn't do a very good job of of uh, playing with the lead in the third period after two incredible lights-out periods to, to start it. Every now and then it happens. Just can't have this happen as a, as a trend. Yeah, that, that was going to be my question is how do you – how do you bounce back? Because for Calgary, I mean, you use it as a positive. Okay, you battled back. You ended up winning the game. For the Preds, you don't, you don't want to get caught up in this. You essentially have to move on, but how do you learn from it? That's well, the big question. What do you need to learn? Who's the best third-period team in the league? 
Predators. Mm-hmm. All right, Predators. going into last night. Not so even a, close. So I, I'm willing to write it off right now as a, an anomaly. Now, if that happens two or three other times in the next couple weeks, then you got a problem. But I, I hope it's just a, you, you learn your lesson and you, you bounce back and hopefully play a good hockey game tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, tomorrow afternoon, remember that. Yeah. First installment of two Hockey Fights Cancer in Bridgestone Arena. It is a 1 o'clock puck drop. We have pregame at noon. So a little matinee hockey, Predators and New York Rangers. And if you're going to boo Jimmy Vesey, he doesn't play for the Rangers anymore. <laughs> if you miss that in the offseason. Yeah. He's he in stayed in the, he stayed, he yeah. stayed in the state. He's just up in Buffalo. Well, should be a fun atmosphere. And, again, this is, you know, at least you have a – a relatively quick turnaround and can jump back into it, try and get two points. And I guess the the solace is they got a point because again you want to accumulate as many points as you can early on in the season. So I'll tell you when they when they tied it four four, I was very concerned that that it would get to overtime. I was then you know relieved that the Predators went back ahead on a, on a, another great play by Austin Watson. What a night he had. Only to see uh, Kachuk tie it. It was just it was just one of those nights. But I, I agree with you. The worst case scenario is you don't get a point. That you come out with a point. The same thing happened. There's one other game in the league last night, and Vegas had the same thing happen to them. They're up four two, with seven minutes to go. They lost it. Yeah, both home teams overtime. lost in overtime yeah. last night. So so comebacks happen. This is this is the NHL now. They're, they they have done everything they can, within reason, to make it so that the offense can can come back. I don't know. Goals are getting scored at, at a huge rate. You got dangerous teams, and if you if you leave the crack open, these teams are good enough to jump through. I don't know if you saw it, Willie, uh, because you were doing TV stuff. But over on the radio side, um, but I know you guys are up there close. But uh, Al Gill, who hopefully we'll talk to here in just a minute, and hopefully he's okay. He took a, a puck to the head. In he fact, did. it stuck. <laughs> Very good. It stuck in his head. So he had a, a puck in his forehead, and uh, I think he's all right. He did post game with me. I felt like he did fine. I, uh, I put him through. I, I threw, put him through protocol. I, I felt like he was okay to go, and so I think he'll be okay to go. But he did take um, a nasty puck to the head. I'm and guessing it stuck uh, right in his head. I'm guessing he's got a uh, and he's got a scheduled. he's got a dead tooth too, black yeah. tooth. <laughs> I'm guessing he's gonna be visiting the. I don't know if he's going to get it pulled. Does he get it pulled or does or the tooth or does he just leave it in and just say, "Hey, I'm a hockey player." Well, I was thinking about the puck too. Does he have to have that surgically? I think it just removed? works. It's like a splinter. It's it just work works its way out. out. Yeah, it'll just fall out. <laughs> it works its way out. So okay. when you know when skills, he's just doing whatever he's doing. It'll just eventually. He seems normal though. I mean, it seemed like it didn't affect his brain or anything. I guess it didn't so get into good. the into the portion of the brain that yeah. allows you to talk hockey. Yeah, I thought he was, you know, I thought he was speaking fine last night. So I, I we sounded, went sounded good. We went with it. Honestly, I did like his uh, perspective in the post game. I liked when he jumped on the. <laughs> he was trying to explain. Well, let's just bring him up. Let's I want to. I want to reenact what, listening to the exchange last night. When I think the question came up in the ask how. Yeah. Did the Flames go, come back and win yeah, the game, was, or did was, the Predators lose the game? And it's a good philosophical question. It depends on. I, I thought your we had point good of questions. Questions. That was a very good question. Yeah, that was, was good. But but how like went you know talk was talking to somebody I guess in the audience and he said, 
this woman's upset. She doesn't oh. want to hear about yeah, how, how it's good hockey. I want you know. You know, Ka- Kathleen was yeah. not. She didn't want any part of it. She's I only like, want the Predators to like, win. I don't, I don't care what happens. I don't come to these games to feel good about their comeback. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not <laughs> okay. about them. Yeah. That was, Al, that how's your head? My head is better, guys. Thanks. <laughs> is the is the puck still lodged in the head, or did it fall out? I cannot believe it. That actually came off without taking at least one layer of skin. Wow. I thought <laughs> the scalp. And that's about it. But that's but impressive. I'm okay. Okay. Um, yeah. That was yeah. that was a that was a good question last night. You know, how do you view what happened? But you know, as you said in post game, and you know, people do forget that the other team is trying to win too, and they're paid to win hockey games as well, and they were the best team in the West last year, so we knew the Flames were a pretty good team. Yeah. You know, the last half of that game is the Preds got kind of set up where it's going to be an easy one. No, this is, you know, we beat Chicago, now we're going to beat Calgary. It's going to be easy, and uh, not so fast. It was it was a pretty good turnaround, but, um, you know, they're going to look at that as like, oh, we that's a, a – Turn, turning point in our season, uh, we came back. We found a way to got it, get it done against a great team. The Preds are going to look at it as uh, we lost and we, we played on our heels. We heard that a lot from Austin Watson playing on our heels, and you can't win that way. Um, in the end, no matter which side you're on, it matters what you do when you're coming out of it. Uh, you know, like if you're going to go into the next game and say. Hey, we can't play on our heels. We got to play well, or you turn it into a positive and and you and you go and attack and and try to get the win and finish it off. Uh, the other team is going to look at it the same way. Say, hey, we, we're going to build off this big win. So uh, it is what it is. I, that's my favorite quote because in the NHL, uh, it's always going to change. And it, it, Hal, I haven't seen who our post-game uh, guest is tomorrow. I haven't been told. If you have, could you uh, let us know right now so we can announce who's getting a contract extension tomorrow? <laughs> it seems to be a theme, huh? <laughs> Good for Waddy, though. You know what? He's yeah. gone through a lot, and, and he touched on it. He, he didn't really want to get into it. I think his mind was was still beat up about the loss, and he was devastated, but... I mean, what a great game he had. He gets a contract extension. He's gone through a lot, and I, I think he's pretty happy that this team has stood by him and and really uh, went to bat for him and believe in him. And uh, man, he he, you know, going out and doing the job he does is is not an easy one. Blocking shots, fighting guys, uh, and then adding some scoring touch too. So so good for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, in all seriousness, we have had we had Roman Yossi Tuesday night, Austin Watson last night, and you're right uh, when I said, "What does it mean to you personally, this contract extension and your family for what?" Because uh, he touched on it, what you went through last year, and you could tell it meant a lot. I mean, you just his body language there with us. How I know it's radio, but to translate it for everybody out there who was just listening, you could tell um, it. He, he dug, you know, he was digging deep for that. You could tell that it was just more than just a contract extension. Yeah, I, I lost you for a second, but, uh, yeah, that's it, more than, than just a contract. It's about believing in something and, and Fred's believing in him and him really wanting to be part of this group. So uh, it's uh, awesome all around. So how, I'm just looking at the, 
John Buchigras has tweeted this out uh, after the game last night. I just saw it for the first time. And the question is, greatest goal in NHL history. <laughs> but I don't know if this is true or not, but have you ever seen a guy score a goal? I know we've seen guys score goals through the legs, but through the legs, upper corner to beat Pecorine at the buzzer in OT. I mean, that's, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty good case for goal of the season at least. Well, that's what Kathleen was so upset about. As I said, hey, I know this is a devastating loss for the Preds, but do you guys realize what you just saw? I, I mean, that's—it <laughs> uh, really was. I, you know, I, it's early in the season. You know, you, you put that into a playoff perspective, and if that's goals, if goals get like that get scored in the playoffs, so I, you know, people are going to lose their minds. That's—I mean—that was such a beautiful goal, and to be able to shoot it that hard. You know, the the problem going between your legs is you really can't wind up on a shot. If you wind up, you're blowing out your groins. So uh, for him to get that much steam on it, uh, would just pretty awesome. I, I I was I was blown away. I was like, you know, and he tried it earlier in the game, and every guy is trying it more and more often, and we're seeing that happen. But that, like you said, to to pick a corner and to actually put that much juice on it was pretty impressive uh, it was incredible so how you <coughs> you talked about uh, you know just the whole thing this this is hap- this happens in the league it happened in the only other game last night that was played vegas in their home building lost a two goal lead late lost in overtime comebacks do happen the league is trying to make the conditions on the team that's holding a lead tough so the offense can come back but tactically, well, one of the things I heard Chris Mason say, and I wonder what you saw as, as Calgary was attacking in the, in the third period. You know, guys like Johnny Goudreau, they're so tough to contain when they build speed coming through the neutral zone. I mean, what, what are you supposed to do to defend differently once they start feeling it like they did? Yeah, you know what the thing for me was the Preds couldn't break out. They, they made... I think there's a little bit of adjustment. A lot of times, you know, the forecheck for Calgary, they wanted to get on the first guy and get on the defenseman. Well, they kind of conceded the first pass and then took away the second pass. And we saw the Preds turning the puck over a lot on that second pass, up by up by the blue line uh, in that area. Not necessarily turning it over down low, but up high. And then once you have those guys countering, those turnovers happen – and they're countering. If you have Johnny Gaudreau coming at you, well, you don't have your gap, and you're playing on the offensive and then have to switch to the defensive that quick, it makes it that much harder to get him. And, and the quick exchanges, the, the speed, uh, the attack. How many times did you see Matthew Kachuk come in to the middle and just kind of wait for defense to attack him, and then he'd spit it to the outside? And I, I think that, that was a little adjustment. Uh, that that Calgary made that the Preds really couldn't compete against, and that's what kind of got them. And uh, you know, it looks like you're on your heels, but how else are you going to play when you when you turn the puck over to a guy like the Droves coming back at you, and he's got dangles for days and and shifty as heck, and it's I I, I just think that's that's a hard way to play. And you know, I hate to see guys punt it out of the zone, but if you can get it into their into the other end of the ice without icing it, and then at least you can set up your forecheck. But they had no chance with those guys coming back at them. Isn't it crazy how, how certain trends happen, too, 
against certain teams. The the Flames now have five overtime wins over the Predators in Nashville in the last nine meetings in this building. It just I, I, there's some things you just cannot figure out. What is it? Eight of nine. They've won in Nashville. They've won eight out of nine, and five of them have been in overtime. Just wow. crazy. And, and Nashville's had a lot of success in Calgary. Yeah, and that's why I was just going to say it, it flips around, and whatever reason, uh, but they're always good games. I feel like they're always tight, and I was kind of oh, yeah. surprised to see that game get out of hand early on. And you know, I'm just sitting there going, "Oh no, this is this is no. There's no way it's going to stay like this the whole game. There's going to be some pushback, and how is it going to go down?" But uh, you know, for a pretty dull game, it became a crazy, awesome, fun third period. Uh, you go out the, the wrong way on it, but. Those games are always fun. I, I, I think that's, you know, the reason why you play is to compete and be in those games. So, you know, the Preds can look at it that way, like, hey, it didn't work out their way. They got a point, but they they had that compete level, and that's what they're going to need going down the stretch. So uh, maybe it's good had, to get it started now. Yeah. I, it, one other How Gill appreciation moment I had last night was in the three-on-three. <laughs> this is what's funny. Is, is how close the game is. The, the play for Kachuk might have never happened had it not been for a great defensive play by Mark Giordano, who did the ha- the Howgill long body block yes. of the two-on-one pass. Ryan Ellis has the goalies way out, and all he's got to do is flip it over the body of Giordano. Colton Sissons is waiting on the other side. It's a layup goal to end it. It would have been brought the house down, but Giordano made a great play. Yeah, no, that's it. And that's usually the way it goes, you know. You you start to it's a puck possession game and the three on three, and then there's a quick change and someone gets beat, and then all get out. It's back and forth, and and then it gets exciting. Uh, it took a long time for it to happen, and and but you know eventually with time ticking down, guys are like, all right, let's let's go for it. And uh, man, that was so close. So isn't isn't that funny about that game? That game. As devastated as the Preds were, if Ryan Ellis makes that play and Giordano doesn't make that play, then, you know, it's a goal and we're talking about what a great game that was instead of a devastating loss. So it's a fine line. Hal Gill is with us and, you know, they're going to practice today. How do you, do you talk about last night if you're Peter Laviolette or is it essentially today it's a new day and you're just kind of moving on and focused on the Rangers? Um, you know what? I, it, it depends on the mood in the room. Um, I, I think this is a pretty loose group and they can, they, we always talk about how honest they are. Uh, I think you have to talk about it, but it, it's the, the way you talk about it. Is it, uh, does Laviolette feel like they need to get beat up a, a little bit about it? Like, Hey, come on, that can't happen. Let's work it out. Let's, let's go hard today and, and kind of beat it out of ourselves or, are they going to just kind of say, all right, you know, we got to play full three periods. Let's get back to work and and learn from it. Um, I, I would assume they'd go and learn from it. I was, I didn't like to be lied to as a player. Don't don't tell me it, it's okay. You know, it's a results business, and you got to go out and get it done. So let's figure out what happened, and and then learn from it and move on. But um, you know, sometimes you need to. To, to take a beating from the coach. I'm not, I'm not sure if Lavi's at that point yet. I think it's still early in the season for that. Well, what I'm curious about, because we've heard Peter Laviolette say earlier in the season that he's tried to turn a lot of things over to the players and let the players kind of police the room and, and take care of some of that stuff. So I, I do wonder if this is one of those situations <laughs> where 
maybe you kind of see some of that, or like you were saying, does he need to step in and you know have a have a talk? I, yeah, this, I think the the old coaches, uh, Mike Keenan's of the world, uh, you know, where the, they want to be the bully and go in it. I think those are those days are gone. I think you put the power into the players and and let it put it on their shoulders and let them handle it. And but uh, in the end, it, it all comes back to the guy who controls the ice time, and that's that's the coach. So. Uh, you know, if you want to make a point heard, you, you're the, he's, Lavi's the guy with the big gun. So, um, you know, if he wants to say something, he's got to step up and do it. But I, I do, I do think he wants the players to control it as much as possible. Another question I heard on Ask Hal that I thought was, uh, was pretty good was how difficult it is when you've been out with injury to jump back in. And I, I heard you talk about Philip Forsberg a little bit, uh, and just how, how hard it is to be out and now to to have to play a game and try and go back to where you were. Yeah, it it depends on the injury, but yeah, it's it, it's a, a certainly an adjustment period. But you know, if you have a, a lower body injury, I, you know, do you want to go hard into the corner and absolutely, you know, if it, if you have a bad groin, that first time you get hit uh, and have to and put weight on that groin and and shift and and get away from a check. That's that's uh that can be scary. And so if you haven't done it, you know, you say you've done it in practice. Oh, I went through practice and that's great. But once you're in the corner battling, then you have to test it. So you want to get it out of the way as soon as possible, but you you also don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, it's like it's a little mental game. Um, but if you go through, you know, one or two periods without getting any hit, you know, if you have a shoulder problem, you want to take a you want to take a hit so you can feel good about yourself. Uh, but at the same time, you're afraid of it. So uh, it's a balancing act. But, it, you know, I, I thought Bill did a good job getting in there. He's got to get that chemistry back. I don't think it was quite as uh, glorious as we saw earlier with Duchesne, but um, I, I have no fear that that will come back soon. Hal, go get your uh, free Big Mac and your free Frosty and enjoy Yeah, lunch. we do have that. We do have that, don't we? Yeah. What a great day to be alive, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that, I can't say it any better. And I would say there's many areas in town where those two restaurants are pretty close together. Oh, there's no right? question. No, if you question. find one, you'll perfect. find the other. Yep, it's perfect. Al, Do all be appreciate less special sauce. It's all good. Less cheese. Yeah, you've you've sung it before. The pickles hey, and uh, the onions. Uh, that's the sesame seed bun. That's pretty good too. Uh, I have a feeling after we've just done, I was going to say, after just doing this, we'll probably have somebody on a food run here in just a moment. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Skillsy, always appreciate it. All right. We will not forget that. Have a good Friday. We'll see you next early tomorrow. Yes, sir. Matinee hockey, noon pregame, 1 o'clock puck drop. And don't forget tomorrow, we get an extra hour. Yippee! Uh, that, oh, that'll yeah. come in handy tomorrow for that 1 o'clock start. Yes, sure. it will. It, oh, it is the best, knowing well, you've got your Saturday night and you get an hour. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Hello. That's nice. Uh, you know what? I, I just I do want to commend you guys because I thought it was a good post-game show for a game that, you know, everybody's just, you know, they're wanting to pull their hair out and go nuts. And there was plenty of people venting on yeah. Twitter. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, do, do you realize they've won the last four games? Like they and they hadn't given up anything. 
Yeah. You know, you're not going to, you can't dominate everybody every night. It was Everyone very, wants perfection. It was though. everybody's disappointed. I get it. But you guys had good perspective on it. You didn't give them a pass, right? No. You, they, they screwed it up. They know it. Yep. It, it happens. But like Brent Peterson had a great line that Hal relayed too. Yeah. He said, you know what? <laughs> This is a pretty good league. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good league. And Brent would know that as he was going through the Wendy's drive-thru. Yes. <laughs> Conveying that message. Hey, yeah, did you- that's what made me think of it, the Frosties. You guys were just bringing up the Frosties. Like, well, you know, Brent likes Frosties. No, it, look, Hal said it right there. I mean, you know, taking away, you know, as, as Peter Lavia, the result, right, the end result, and the result was Calgary got the two points and not the Predators. They did get a point. Still was a fun Thursday night Halloween hockey sure. game. Oh man, it was. I a, mean, it was a, yeah. a great atmosphere. Fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was, and you know, the result is not what anybody wanted, but that happens. And uh, again, it was game thirteen by my account. Yeah. So I mean, look, you learn from it, you move on, and get ready for New York. Hey, did you know an estimated one point two million people right here in the U.S. are living with or in remission from a blood cancer? Well, you can join us, ESPN The Game Nashville, for Light the Night Walk tonight at Nissan Stadium. You can be the difference in saving a life a life by being a part of the 2019 Light the Night Walk. For more details, to be a part of the event, or to contribute, visit lightthenight.org slash events slash Nashville. Hope a lot of you get out there tonight and be a part of that. We will come back. More of Darren, Donick, and Chase live here at Lipscomb Academy on this Friday morning. On ESPN 102.5, the game. Ryan Porth, listen up. Your AD is about to go to Southern California. It appears that USC is going to hire Cincinnati Bearcats athletic director Mike. Is it Bone? It's, it's Bone. B-O- B-O-H-N, Bone, as their next AD. I'm aware. Oh, you're on the board. I'm in the studio. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Look at, see, you okay. bring up Cincinnati, and he's immediately yeah, on a it's microphone. Just like, there's there are alarms. They go. <laughs> <laughs> Cincinnati talk. <laughs> Cincinnati talk. That was a quick one. Cincinnati wasn't it? talk. Wow, yeah. that was impressive. No heads up at all, and you were right there, waiting <laughs> for the call. What what does this mean for the Bearcats losing Mike Bone? Your thoughts? It means that they're going to have to find a new AD. Wow. <laughs> You can't get that, folks, anywhere can't else. can't get that anywhere That's else. That's great insight. Yep. That's good. Good stuff. All right, Ryan. Thank go, you. Uh, Thank you, PD. Go, go analyze the power play. No problem. Hopefully, hopefully he wasn't reading notes on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell it's Friday. <laughs> you can just well, in tell. all seriousness, and we do appreciate everybody's patience, uh, and, and I'm being serious with this. Evidently, there's a lot of people dealing with – there's, I guess, some – Cell, cell tower outage, yeah. issues, like there's a lot of outages, like during or the issues during the Hal Gill interview, my watch and my phone both like spazzed out. Yeah, so I don't know what's, don't going, know what's on. going on. Uh, you know, it's Friday, maybe traffic, maybe somebody hit a cell tower. I don't know. I just there's a lot of weirdness we going issues. on with yeah phones, okay. phones out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nate on Twitter says, "Do you ever think the NHL will ever change the rule about laying on the puck?" penalty will be assessed if the hand is covering the puck but players can lay all over it for as long as they want with no penalty being drawn what do you think it's an interesting question but i don't really know what the guy's supposed to do it's it's happened uh 
Well, did, Dan Hambus had it happen, I think, in Tampa, right? He he took one in the midsection, fell down on the puck, and then the guy's jabbing and you know hitting him in the ribs with the with the stick. If it ha- you know, if it's, in- I guess, if they deem it's intentional, that would be debatable. But if you're just blocking a shot and it ends up under you, it's a tactical move. I'll give you another one. Uh, T.J. Brody got away with a holding the stick of Matt Duchesne a play before. Remember yep. they were battling yep. behind the net. Duchesne appears to have him beat because Brody has fallen down, and the only recourse he has is to grab the stick. But he did it sort of subtly. Right. The referee, I think, was kind of screened. And they let it go. So is there a is there a rule, or is it just kind of up to the discretion of the ref of how long they go without seeing the puck before they before they blow down? the whistle? Yeah, that's a good question. I, well, I think I, I think why Nate is asking it is yes, this goes on all the time, especially late in games. Whenever the team is scrambling to try to, it's a one goal game, and they're trying everything. They've you know they've pulled their goalie, they got the extra attacker, and they're trying to do anything and everything to tie it up. And what is you know the team with the lead do if something like this presents itself a lot of times you see them and there's bodies and they just lay on it i guess the point is and i don't know if nate is attempting this or not but it's very clear you see like they're making no attempt to do anything but just lay there right right yeah like a dead corpse i mean they're not making <laughs> well, you know like there's in- no there's no attempt to do anything and i think that's i think that's what nate is asking like, like the guy football. the guy that's just sitting there and like okay you guys can keep Hit me with your stick or doing, you know, whatever is going on there. I'm just going to lay here on the puck and and let the tick, uh, the time just keep ticking away. Let the tick until, until they do something, right? Until right. they call it or yeah. whatever. Well, and it, it's kind of like in football that if you're a team trying to score and you're out of timeouts, you know, all of a sudden a guy gets a cramp. And you know, I know the NFL has done things to with the runoffs and stuff right. to try and prevent that, but it's the same strategy. It's, it's still going on. You're right, oh, especially right. or even if you if don't you watch do that. Some college oh, yeah. games, man, you see it. All the time, you're like, come on. Yeah, to dude, slow like, down you the pace. know that guy is just sitting there on his oh, knees. Oh, got a cramp. Trainers oh. come out there like, uh, is this what I think? Yeah, oh, my knee. It's what I think. Hey, grab my leg. Yeah, it's what you – yeah, yeah. It's yeah. What, I'm well, what, what about this one, though? Uh, a team is defending the lead. The other team is in the two-minute drill offensively. They don't have any timeouts, and you tackle a guy, you just kind of lay on top of him. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. You know the guy's trying to get up, get the ball to the official, and get set up right. for the next play. You just kind of lie there. Right, as long as you can, to try to waste time. It's just a tactic. I, Happens I don't, all the time. I don't know. I don't know if you can change the rule. I think. I think to answer Nate's question, I think. Well, I think that's here to stay. I think that's one of those those situations where, and we you, we talk about it all the time with officiating of okay, how fine do you want to get? Because if you can you can put a rule on everything, you can officiate, officiate everything. But if you call every teeny tiny little penalty, I mean, you're ruining the game. So it just you have to decide what's what are you going to live with, what's going to be acceptable, what how how much are you going to be able to push the envelope, and then how much are you going to want to actually enforce? That's and I think that's this is the the type of situation yeah. where it's like how much do you really want to enforce? That's why I asked the question: Is there a is there like in the ref's head? Okay, if I don't see the puck for five seconds, I got to blow it dead. Like yeah, that, you don't want somebody to get hurt. Like, right. like if a guy's lying on the puck and he was knocked down and he's on top of it, everybody's you know prying and pulling. I'm sure, and there's spearing. a lot of a lot of sticks oh, to yeah. body parts. Yeah, I mean that's that's the reason that you blow the whistle yep. is you don't want the guy to get hurt. And that that so I think by rule Giordano was within his rights to do what 
He did. He's not as long as you don't close your hand on the puck. Yeah, you're okay. You're not going to be called for delay a game. What if you 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 uh, while you're laying on it, you stuff it up your shirt or down your pants? <laughs> I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> Why is that a bad idea? Because if well, somebody figures it out, they're going to try and get it. Well, if you can do that. <laughs> Without closing your hand on the puck, well, they, maybe they you can't see it. That. No, but I'm saying you're yeah. down. There's bodies that <laughs> they can't see that you're stuffing it up your shirt. Don't tell me somebody hasn't done that. Well, I'm sure that has gone on, right? I'm sure we've seen. If you can do that with hockey gloves on and yeah, holding that's, sticks, yeah, that's, and stuff, that's that's pretty good. That's talent. The hidden, yeah. the hidden puck trick. <laughs> uh, the Carolina Panthers have announced that quarterback Cam Newton is in Green Bay today to see a foot specialist. Mm. A Liz Frank specialist? Uh, says they, uh, the Panthers have said he, their general manager said he has done everything he can possibly do with his rehab process to get his foot back to 100%. Unfortunately, we haven't reached it to this point. That doesn't sound encouraging for him coming back anytime soon. No. Yeah. No, it does I not. I think so. Right? I mean, if you're... If you're going to Green Bay to see an expert, I mean that you're. It's not good to have to go. Well, what What does that mean, Chase? It, well, if you're it, going to Green Bay. That's not what I meant. There are no experts in Green Bay. No, I mean or specialists. You're, you're going away from Charlotte, North Carolina, where he is, to uh-huh. Green Bay, Wisconsin, which uh-huh. is where. No, Can there not be a foot specialist in Green Bay that's top notch? I don't know. I guess there is. That's why well, he's I going. know, but you were kind of like. That's not what I. That's what I meant what is if you have to leave and go to Green Bay or, you know, I don't know New York or Illinois, like <laughs> what? The hole. He's digging. He's digging. Yeah, Ryan, you still there? You got a shovel? <laughs> they got a shovel. So you tried to you tried to throw a little, and then it's like, uh, no, I didn't maybe, try to do uh, anything. Green Bay. Go pack, I go. Stepped in it. Go pack, go. As you like to say, I stepped in it. I need to go clean my shoe. <laughs> do that during a break. All right, we will come back and wrap up. There you go, up, Kent. There's a promo. <laughs> wrap up the first hour of Darren, Donick, and Chase on this Friday morning ESPN 102.5 The Game. Back here on Darren, Donick, and Chase, Trent Delfer. We're at Lipscomb Academy. Tonight they are hosting BGA. Now, hold on a second. That's Battleground Academy. <laughs> They'll be here tonight, We've 7 o'clock kickoff. Mm-hmm. Trent Dilfer. BGA's head coach, Jonas Rodriguez, was an assistant at FRA my junior and senior year. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a few. You guys tight? We were when yeah. I was there. I haven't seen him since high school. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is how old I am. When Jonas and uh, Barton Simmons, Ingle Martin, all, all those guys were at NBA in when they were in in middle school, we used to have workouts. Me and Billy McCaffrey and Bruce Elder and some of the the recently retired Vanderbilt players would work them out at NBA, just like on the weekends, you know, running through drills and yeah. stuff. That was those were back in the days. That, those, those that was a good group of of high school athletes right yeah. there. Those guys were good multi sport guys that had a lot of success. And, that, the, and obviously they've gone on. A lot of them have gone on to really good that, things. That's when Bowers was still yes, in the right? Yes, yeah. he was. He coached basketball and football right. back then. We were uh, walking around during the break here in this room that we are in at Lipscomb Academy. And, of course, to the right of us is where they'll be playing the game against BGA tonight. To the left of us is the indoor facility. And we were kind of joking, man, 
High schools were different than when we were in high school. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit different. But I was thinking of the indoor facility, and I don't know if you guys saw this, maybe a moment of silence, just because this market did twice host an arena football team. It looks like the AFL is about to close the doors. For good. Looks like the Arena Football League is no more. I, 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 that's what I was reading this morning. That can I, looks can like I, they're that's a, they're that's a about, serious bummer. They're can about to close up shop. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be very honest yeah. with you. This is not a shot. This is just me being honest. I honestly thought they were gone yeah, years know, ago. I know. It's, <laughs> no, I. I it's I, not I the same as it was. You know, th- this is a sad story. Like, have, they, have they had a TV deal? I think they've only had like. Four six teams. That's what they were down to anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's how much. What was the? I mean, that's that's a big erosion. What did they have whenever the cats well, were around? It. There were but a lot of teams at its peak, and and fortunately for for me, it was at a, a broadcasting stage. I got to do some of those cats games when I don't want to say it was a big big deal, but they had a niche that was working. They were in major cities. They had good crowds. And they were on ESPN, and they uh-huh. even got on network TV yeah. sometimes. Like the Arena Bowl that the Cats played in was on ABC. Yeah. Right? And when they played in the spring, I'm talking about the first when it was the Cats, not when they came back as the, the, the Titan Cats. They were or, yeah, yeah, when they left <laughs> and then came back. The league had taken a step back. They tried to bite off too much. Right? They tried to – they went to the winter time. They moved the season up to February, and they tried to go – right as the NFL season was ending. It was a, just a big mistake where if they had just kept the formula that was working, play in the arenas after the hockey and the, and the yeah. basketball are, are basically over and you have dates and it, it gives you that something going on in the spring and the summer, it was, it, it was really a good the, thing. The original Cats, they started playing before the Preds, right? In oh, yeah. 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 Because yeah. I remember going to a game, and I think Andy Kelly was oh, yeah. the quarterback. And Th- those were great teams. Grew, was that? That was, crew lived in Antioch up on the hill. Yeah. I think it was called the club. That's where the Cats lived. I mean, once again, for people that haven't been here very long or at least haven't been here going back to those days, that we you've heard us talk about that Antioch area, Hickory Hollow Mall. Yeah. That was happening. Right. Now, it's coming back around, and obviously the Fort Ice Center in Antioch has helped that sure. a ton, and they're trying to revitalize that whole area, and, and things are on the up and up. But back then, that first stint with the Cats, that's where the that's where the Nashville Cats players lived. They're in Antioch up on the hill yeah. above Hickory Hollow Mall. They got really good crowds. I mean, it was fun. We used to, I, I remember used to going go to as a kid. all the time. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun, and of course Pat Spurdudo that that we all know. But um, it just and then when they came back, you could tell it was just it was it was fun, but it was different. The league was different. The it just kind of had a yeah. It was it was not quite what it needed to be because stuff started happening. It's like they 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 had a following, so then the players started saying, "Well, maybe we we need to make more money because because." It really was not a, a league where you could make a ton of money. Right. But that it, it was kind of like, well, it, this was a formula that was working. It's not like the owners were making a ton of money, but it was working. But then when the players needed to make more, I think they formed a union and then were like, well, maybe we should merge with the NFL. Because remember, the NFL took, what, 50% ownership? A lot of the owners like started owning these teams. Right. The NFL so, owners, yeah. Then the players like, oh, well, hey, now there's more money. We can make more money. It just, and then the and financial model just started evolving away from what had been working. And and 
it's not like I'm some economic expert, but it just seemed like when you had a, you had a team in in Phoenix, that Danny White was was uh, behind it, right? The right. Rattlers, the, yep. the Arizona Rattlers, really well run. You had teams uh, in in Texas. You had you had Nashville. Orlando, you know, Orlando was yeah. a really successful one for a long time. The the crazy Iowa Barnstormers, right? That yeah. was a crazy arena. That's is That's that where, where Kurt Warner yeah. played? But you had you had major markets, and right. you had other major markets coming in. New York had a team. L.A. had a team. The you know the Bon Jovi came in and started the Philadelphia team. Yep. You had you had something going there, but it just it got off track. And I, I hate to say this, but the guy you know Jim ba- uh, is da- Dave, Baker, Dave Baker, Dave Baker, who was the commissioner for a long time. He he we used to deal with him all the time. He kind of took him over the cliff. Unfortunately, yeah, well, I think he tried. To, he tried. Isn't he to, now running he the, was, the NFL Hall of Fame? He does. He yeah. runs the NFL Hall of Fame. But he was the one that tried to get the partnership with the NFL and thought that would be the solution. But it just. But in theory, that may. I mean, in theory, it wasn't it was a bad a idea. Theory, but the, but the, to me, where they went off track is when they they moved the season. Right. When they were starting in whatever it was, late March or early April, right after college basketball was over, you had a window where. There wasn't as much going on, and you could get, you could get people watching. You could get people coming. <laughs> so moment of do you silence. Remember, do you remember the, their first? Uh, do you remember their first season? What the the cats? No the the first season the inaugural season of the AFL. I don't. Well, I didn't remember. The, be, it was before the cats got there. Correct. Right. Nineteen eighty seven. Wow. I didn't. Rem- I didn't well, remember just, it being. We just had a friend of ours text us about it. I we we left this out, and it is true. Where did Pat Spruduto and Jay Gruden come from? They were T- players in Tampa. In Tampa, yeah. yeah. They they had a great program in Tampa. Do we know anybody that is familiar with Tampa? Tampa? I think we yeah. do. Do well, we? Besides Pat and yeah, and Jay. Because uh, remember, remember we would go to their facility, the the Cats facility, and Jay Gruden and Pat Spruduto would be sitting at the yes. table. With Corey Fleming and Andy Kelly, and they'd just be getting ready for the next game. It was it was so great. We were, we were just hanging out with them. It was the best for radio promoting radio stuff. Remember we played the charity basketball game against those guys. <laughs> <laughs> we beat them, by the way. Uh, by the way, speaking of nostalgia, they just made a huge announcement uh, for the arena because for everybody, for people that have been around it, that was the first ever event in 2022. Is going to be very very special. Back in Bridgestone Arena because, and Willie, you were here for, I was not. This was right before because I, and I forgot about this. And when they announced it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because I thought Amy Grant was the first ever event. And it was first concert. concert. Yeah. But the first ever event was. Well, Amy Grant, I think, was the first ever event. The first sporting event. Sporting event. Was the U.S. Yeah. Figure yeah, Skating that's what I'm saying. Championships. Right. Which right. is coming back? Yes, twenty fifth anniversary. Yes, that's pretty cool. Now like, I, I think that's awesome. That were were you? I can't remember the timeline exactly. This was nineteen ninety. This might have been before you were with us on the sta- on this on the station. Was it what? Nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Would you? This was before. Before. This was before. So we did a show in the then called Nashville Arena, brand spanking new, still trying to finish all of the. We, when we all have Scott Ram- next time we have Scott Ramsey on. We'll All the purple signs. Who was, we're by so, the way, we're, on the sta- on the podium yeah. <laughs> for the announcement. Right, right. Here he's still uh, here. And I, I don't, he may have told this story yesterday, but he, uh, they had the event, the U.S. Figure Skating Championships. The arena is just finished, right? It's like the first event where everybody's excited. 
but there were a few seats that were not quite finished being built. <laughs> so here's your ticket. You come in, you, and you go to your seat, and there's just this frame. There's a frame, and you don't have a seat. <laughs> like, uh, Oops. Well, uh, I, I get, hey, we got this new arena. I'm all right. Let's just watch. Got it. We got we're a frame. We're okay. We'll find a way. We'll just go stand somewhere. My, uh, I think my first event in there was like the Ronald McDonald Circus. That was the first thing really? I, ever, I ever went to it. Nashville Arena. What what year was that? Do you remember? I mean, it was it was the first year. It was like ninety. They did it open in ninety six or was it right at? 96? I think like Christmas of ninety six yeah. would have been the, the Amy, Amy Grant, Grant concert, right. and then I think it was January ninety seven. They so were saying right with the figure skating champion. See, I was, so it was here probably, later in ninety seven. Okay, it was probably spring of nineteen ninety seven. Was my first yeah. time in there, and then the cats would have been the spring summer of ninety seven, right? I think is yeah. when they started. All right, we'll come back. My second hour, in fact, uh, the head coach, Trent Dilfer, just walked through here. He'll join us in about 30 minutes. We are live at Lipscomb Academy. We'll come back. Hour number two of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next on ESPN 1025, The Game.